0: Welcome to Epiphany Fellowship's podcast. My name is Dr. Eric Mason, lead pastor and founder of Epiphany Fellowship in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. Our desire is to see people everywhere show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. God bless you as you listen and consider subscribing so that you can tune in every week to check out new messages. God bless you and take care. Hallelujah, amen, amen, amen. We would go a little longer, but I got to preach four times today. So I love y'all, but I'm gonna keep my voice for the other people that, uh, and I knew he was trying to push me. I said, I got four times. I mean, Aaron got this thing going on. He looks at me, he's, he tried to play the music a little louder when I'm coming up to the stage, trying to push me. Uh huh. Y'all don't like that, do y'all? Y'all don't like that, do y'all? Nah. <laughs> Hilarious! It's amazing. Thank God for his leadership and what he does in leading Doxson. <laughs> Hilarious. It's been a um. It's been a great week. I want to thank everybody for your support of Woke Church coming out this week. So many people. Just all the support i um, helping it, um, one of the older saints told me not to keep it a secret because so she got on me. I was thankful for everybody to help us be a best seller this week, so I'm so thankful for that. And I'm um, so thankful for that. My goal is, I mean that's cool, I, I just wanted to make an impact. Somebody say impact. Yeah. Impact. 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 You mess around, see that thing at half price books. You know it sold a lot and then half price books and then no impact. But we don't want it to just sell, we want it to change lives, amen? and we believe that it does change to it getting out there as far as possible. So we're excited about that opportunity. After this gathering, after every gathering, I'll be doing a book signing down in the basement, and for those of you don't, who want a copy, you can get a copy during that time and everything. Also, Frequency Conference is coming up. Yeah. We're excited about that. Excited about that we are almost sold out. We have had our largest pre-registration ever, and um, we are at about 800 people now. Which is crazy um, for the conference, and um, we'll sell out about a thousand. So it's the urbanites usually wait a week of the conference. I'll just say urbanites. You know, I'll save any other things, but uh, you know, wait a while. I had somebody this week say, "I got my hotel, but I didn't register." I'm like, "How does that work?" You know? So I mean, you know, the hotel costs more than the conference. So go ahead and register. And so we're excited to see. All Jesus, everything. Somebody say, All Jesus, everything. everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to get at it. Well, let's stand to our feet as we continue in our conqueror series. How many of you know that if you are in Christ, you are a conqueror? Amen, amen, amen. amen. Revelation chapter 2, 12 through 17. Revelation 2. 12 through 17. One, two, three, go. I to the angel of the, says the one who has sharp, sword. I know where you live, Yeah. Amen, amen. In this um, sermon today, in our series, in our third installment on conquerors, I want to talk about today, conquering stumbling blocks. Conquering, how to conquer stumbling blocks, let's go. Father, we thank you for power that is only unique to you. And God, I pray that uh, you um, give us a sense of knowing, who you are more deeply and the power that we have in you to walk in strength over every obstacle in our life. So Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh God, our strength and our redeemer in whom we trust. We need power, God. Help the, give the power that makes preaching easy. In Jesus' name, amen. Conquering stumbling blocks. Conquering stumbling blocks. How many of you um, know what your kryptonite is? Oh, ain't no hands going up. I hear "Mm mm-hmm, but I don't see no hand. I don't see no, how many? Hand up real life, you know what your kryptonite is. You know what'll get you into a mess. As a matter of fact, you know who'll get you into a mess. Uh Uh-huh. (laughs) Even where will get you into a mess? Come on, somebody. Um, One of the things that's very, very important in understanding your stumbling blocks or conquering stumbling blocks is admitting that you have them. Now, in this sermon, we're gonna find out that sometimes Christians aren't honest about the fact that they got places in their life or things in the world that can be tripping mechanisms for you. Um, And some of you, some of those things, to be honest, aren't merely sins, It it can be something, a stumbling block can be even something that's just an encumbrance, say encumbrance. The Bible says in Hebrews 12, laying aside every weight and encumbrance that so easily entangles us weight or sin, if you will, are actually things that miss the mark. Encumbrances or weights are things that aren't necessarily wrong but aren't best for your journey. The key to walking with God is knowing what's good for your journey in Him, what's not good for your journey in Him. Even if it's a good thing for you on your journey, it's not a good thing. Like for me on my journey, one of the things that ain't good for me it's chips. <laughs> <laughs> Doritos, hers, Uts. I'm from DC, Uts. I mean, <clears throat> I got a, a chip and dip problem. So you know, a, a, in other words, I'm, I'm a carb fanatic, right? I mean, but some of you, that's funny, but some of us have regret as an encumbrance. Yeah. It's some things in your past that you regret that plays a role into you not making decisions by faith. Um, Some of you might deal with guilt. You haven't gotten over something that happened to you or happened in your life, or even a sin that you committed that still sort of has you wrapped up in guilt and you haven't recognized that Jesus is not just your uh, your propitiation, meaning that he took care uh, of the wrath of God, but he's also your expiation. Somebody say expiation. Expiation means that Jesus Christ has taken away the guilt that comes from your sin. And if he's taken away the guilt that comes from your sin by cleansing you of your sin, then therefore it does not have to be a disposition you have in your life that follows you everywhere you go. If you're going to go forward in that particular area of your life, you have to forgive yourself in that area. Not only that, um, some of us, though, do have some, some other ones like procrastination. Some of us miss opportunities and that's our stumbling block from growth and development is procrastination. Ain't nobody say nothing on that one. Um, but then, you know, it could be some other things. Um, not these uh, esoteric kind of abstract things. Some of you, your, 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 your stumbling block is envy. You know, the reason why you can't get nothing done in your life is because you're always mad because somebody else seemed to be doing what you want to be doing. A stumbling block, a stumbling block. Another, another stumbling block can also be comparison, which is related, but then also, some of you all stumbling block is, is simply an old flame. Everybody quiet on that part. You know, you know, double visitation international ministry, right? You know, anyway, we'll get to that later. Amen. But we're at the church of Pergamum, say Pergamum. Pergamum was a church that was like a micro New York City of its day. In many ways because, of, because it was the seat of the emperor's cult and there were a lot of things going on in that particular city, we'll talk about later, science, art, technology, all different types of things that would attract someone um, to, to Pergamum because it was popping. But, but they didn't know the reason why Pergamum was popping was because of the spiritual depravity that lied within the city. And, 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 and so and so Jesus uh, 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 of course out of the, out of the seven churches two uh, were weren't, weren't given like the hard hand of Christ the other five were challenged they were they they were they loved Jesus Christ but they had issues that impeded them constantly of them maximizing what God wanted them to do in relation to the bigness of the kingdom call on their life. Listen, you have to recognize as a believer that you have a big kingdom call on your life. And because you have a big kingdom call on your life, you want everything out of the way. See, that that may not impress you because many of us are more impressed with our dreams, like I said last week. And God isn't interested in your dreams, he's interested in disciples. So, so, and, and Satan's not going to even fight your, he doesn't fight your dreams because it's okay with him if you have your dreams just as long as you don't make disciples. But we'll come back to that. So when we look at Pergamum, Pergamum is the church that's sort of one foot in the church and one foot in the world. I know we don't have nobody like that here. One church that I say, I love the Lord, but the other foot that say, I love the, I love some things out here that, you know, a little tasty taste of this and that and the other, Right. <clears throat> So first of three points, instead of one point or no point today, I got three. Somebody say three. three. Here we go, first point. If you're gonna overcome or you're gonna conquer, you're gonna conquer stumbling blocks number one. You have to recognize Jesus wants you to thrive in the face of temptation. Jesus wants you to thrive in the face of temptation. Look at what the text says. It says, write to the angel of the church in Pergamum, Thus says the one who has the double-edged sword. I like that. Because um, many times back in their day, Caesar or government will, will, will assert their authority by saying they have the sword. Well, that may, that points to their authority and their ability at any point in time to judge and to convict and challenge whoever they wanted to. <clears throat> Jesus not only says he has a sword, he said he has a double-edged sword. When he says he has a double-edged sword now, in the Greek, the word sword here is different than the one that we'll see later in Revelation. This is a longer sword that has a long reach and it cuts on both sides. In other words, most swords only cut on one side. But this sword was a double-edged sword that was equal and sharp and it cut going in and it cut going out. Jesus is basically saying, I know they have the sword, but I'm gonna let you know right now that I have a bigger sword, and my sword overrides their sword, so whatever judgment that you'd fear from the government, whatever uh, judgment that you would fear from the political structures, don't fear their judgment, fear ultimately the judgment that I'd bring. But for the believer, we don't fear judgment, We, we we just want to not be caught not walking with Jesus. So, 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 so there's this sense in which Jesus, He won't eternally judge us for separation; He will spank us for sanctification. Oh my God, that was good. Uh huh, uh huh. He, 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 he. We don't have to worry about separation, but He is nudging you towards sanctification. <laughs> now, the question though is, is do you want sanctification? Because if you want sanctification or spiritual growth. As a maximum premium on your Christian life, then you have to begin to change some things about the way you operate and think, which I think Jesus is going to lay out here in the passage. So he goes down to verse 13 and he said, I know where you live. That thing sounds crazy to me. You know, I know where you live. And somebody tell you that it's pretty much like. You know, just, just be on your guard, and I'm going to put you on blast, right? But that's not what Jesus is talking about here. Jesus is, Jesus is actually saying, I know where you live as an encouragement. In other words, he's saying, I know what you're dealing with. Now, when he's saying, I know what you're dealing with, he's saying, I know where you live, where Satan's throne is. Hold on. The believers live where Satan's throne is. Now before he gets to the challenging part, let's stop right there. You have to understand that we're going to talk about this even more when we get to the to the series on spiritual warfare. But you have to understand that throne here doesn't necessarily mean a physical structure that Satan actually sits on. It actually means a stronghold of power and influence from the spirit realm into the world. In other words, the closer you get to that stronghold or that particular place, the more intense the temptation gets, the more intense the challenges get, the more intense the hurt gets, the more intense the persecution gets, the more intense the opportunities for wild and out gets in your life. And so he says, I I actually know that you're dwelling there. Now what's powerful about this is that Satan's throne was created by Jesus. y'all looking at me funny the bible says in colossians 1 16 where the thrones or dominions or powers jesus created them so what happens is is the the sphere of influence in the spirit realm is ran by demonic beings particularly the political and entertainment structures Uh -uh. anyway i'm gonna just keep going And, and what happens is Is this, see, Jesus meant for that to be redemptively ruled, we'll talk about later, by the sons of God. A class of eternal people who might not even be angels, but sons of God. We'll talk about that in, in in our series on spiritual warfare. In light of that reality Satan is seated in a spot where he's ruling as one of his strongholds he has all types of safe houses for himself this is one of his structural safe houses where the believers are forced to be now this is what's interesting about being here is what Jesus says to them next it's kind of confusing because you think if they're in where Satan is ruling and enthroned you think that there would be sort of a different communication of them getting out of there he never tells them to exit where Satan's throne is. He tells them to represent him well where Satan's throne is. Watch what happens. It says, yet you are holding on to my name. That's dope. Sometimes Jesus will allow you to be in situations where compromise is imminent. And calls you not to leave it but cause you to be a ferocious representative of him in the midst of the world where you have multiple opportunities to throw in the towel and actually join the world. One of the things we have to, I remember back in the old church we said, you gotta be holy, you gotta be separate. You know, but the Bible says, I, I, he said, I'm sending you as sheep as in the midst of wolves. Yeah. And, and when Jesus prayed in a high priestly prayer, he, he literally says to, to them, he said, I'm, praying, I'm not praying that you take them out of the world, but that you would keep them while they're in the world. And some of you, I'm encouraged by your commitment to Jesus Christ and going in some places, and some some men have made advances at you ladies to compromise, and you've stood firm as a godly woman. Some of you brothers have had opportunities for crazy compromises and you Jesus is talking about, man, some of y'all are in some deep places in the world where I've sent you as a missiological apostolic representative for my name to be there where I'm not gonna take you out and I'm not gonna give you another job to make it easier. Some of you are praying to move from places that God anointed you to be in. Ain't nobody going to talk back right there. <clears throat> God, 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 God sometimes will place you even, oh, this is hard to say, he will place you even in places where he's grown you up enough for you, if you were a little less spiritually mature than you are now, you would have been into some stuff that you wouldn't have been into now, but God has graced you with the maturity to stand firm. And so he says here in the text, he says, he says, You hold to my name, and he said, and you did not deny the faith. I love that. So this idea is that the fact that they hold his name and deny his faith means that there were opportunities to do so. You have to be careful of, uh, there's a thin line between being a jerk and a witness. Okay. The jerk plays their Christian music loud in their cubicle. Loud. The jerk shouts in their cubicle, loud. Right? Always correcting every nitpicking thing that every person does, and passes out tracks when they should be doing work. That's the jerk. But the witness does their work well excellently better than everybody at work hands their stuff in early comes in on time hallelujah (laughs) and then but then finds it's always praying the colossians 4 2 prayer lord open up the door for the word i know this is my boss i don't know how this is going to work but i know i'm I gotta, you're gonna hold me accountable for not one day saying something to my coworker or friend or somebody, like like many of us haven't shared the gospel in a long time, or at all. And God is calling you to be committed to the gospel even in the place where you don't feel like you should be. Be careful of trying to leave a place and being pressured about creating a mind in a place where you no longer want to be there and not functionally be faithful with God has placed you. So, when he says this here, and he's talking about, he says, You're holding to my name. You believe the gospel. You understand and know the gospel. Oh, I wish I had time to just talk about the importance of the believer being clear on the gospel. There's so many believers that aren't clear on the gospel. He says, You're holding to my name. And you haven't denied me. In other words, when there was opportunities for you to do what you wanted to do, you didn't do it. But then he goes further. He said, even in the days of Antipas, who was believed to be the pastor of the church of Pergamum. It says, my faithful witness who was put to death among you where Satan lives. I like the fact that him as a believer was not afraid to represent the reign of the Lord Jesus Christ in the midst of a place that he could have given up on. In other words, he, he, he said to himself, even if I lose something, I gotta represent him. <laughs> Believers today, let me ask you a hard question. If you had to walk in your integrity as a believer or lose your job, which would you do? In other words, compromise is always an opportunity and listen, If the world fires you, you never get fired by God, and the God who gave you the opportunity, the God who gave you the job, the God who put you in position, don't you ever in your life think that you have to compromise your faith in order to please man? Because the more you try to please man, the deeper the compromise will get but when you stand on your two feet and you say that I'm gonna do what God wants me to do, I'm gonna walk how God wants me to walk, then guess what? Then what will happen is they may get rid of you, they may not give you the promotion, but guess what you will get? You will get a salute from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. If he opened that door, he can open another. If he closed that door, he can open another. Don't you ever be afraid to represent Christ because God will take care of you. He will. And so when we look at this reality of Satan's stronghold and, you know, everything, they were where it was popping. I'm going to give you the other side of this. Be careful of wanting to be where it's popping. Uh Uh-oh. Because some of us can't handle where it's popping. Okay, we're going to talk about that in a second. (laughs) Because as we begin to talk about that reality, some of us, this is what I want to tell you. As you pursue your dreams, don't forget your soul. And so, as he goes forward, he says, You're holding to my name. He says, You do not deny me. But then he goes down, which brings me to my second point. Jesus always confronts our places of compromise. Jesus always confronts our places of compromise look at the text but I have a few things against you Uh uh uh. I like you know what I like about Jesus he encouraged him first he said I see some good things in your life he said but I'm a balanced messiah I tell you where I'm pleased and I'm telling and I tell you also where I feel like you're fronting on me Look what he says, he says, you have some there who hold to the teaching of Balaam, that goes back to the Old Testament, Numbers 12 through 14, uh, and he says, who taught Balak to, pl- uh, to place a stumbling block in front of the Israelites, to eat meat sacrificed to idols and commit sexual immorality to commit sexual immorality and to eat meat, sacrifice to idols. So Jesus begins to confront them. Jesus confronts them because the believers have done something interesting. They are actual believers who love the Lord, but they make deep places in their life for compromise. When you look at meat, sacrifice to idols, you gotta understand the background of that. What would happen back in the day is their clubs and their, their, their spots <clears throat> where it's popping, they go up in there and they would, you know, it'd be libations to the God of that area and that type of thing, Zeus or whoever, you know, and, and, and they would <laughs> they would have meat that was getting sacrificed to idols. And so they'd be like, oh, you know, they become believers. Then they're like, you want something to eat? Yeah, I want something to eat. Let's go down to the temple. You wanna go down to the temple? Yeah, I'm going down to the temple. I mean, they're not gods anyway. So what ends up happening is, is they're going somewhere thinking (laughs) that they're strong enough to be where they used to worship and only treat it as a place of liberty and leisure and enjoyment and still have a witness. Okay, (laughs) see some of you think you can handle too much. Okay, it's real quiet in the church now. See, some of you, like, I'ma just tell you right now, if I was single, I could not go to Maxwell and Joe, there ain't nothing wrong with Maxwell and Joe Scott, so I'm not being that Christian pastor, and not have nobody to go home to. (laughs) Let me just tell y'all something. Some environments are too sexy for you. I mean, all right, I'm by myself. (laughs) See, some of y'all think you can be friends with your ex. (laughs) Okay, since since y'all won't be real, I'ma be real. I'ma tell on myself when I was in college Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. When I was in college, I just started walking with the Lord. And there was this sister I was addicted to. Yeah. And I thought that because I started walking with the Lord, I had changed enough to be able to handle us being alone. But every time I tried to be a witness, I turned into a wimp. Okay, that didn't help you. Have another opportunity. It was a girl, my wife knows all these stories, so we, we public with our stuff. So my wife's sitting right there, amen. So even before, before I started walking with the Lord and her, hallelujah, um, there was this young lady that I liked. As soon as I started walking with the Lord, she started liking me. So I was like, hey, you know, I'll share the gospel with her, you know. I'm telling you, I I had every intention for that to be a gospel relationship. And, you know, I I go to CAF, group of us would go share the gospel, so I'm sitting on her bed, and her friend is in the room, her roommate is in the room, And so, I'm sitting there, we talking, I'm chopping it up. All of a sudden, her roommate dips. So, I probably should've. Right? But you know, I think I'm strong, cock diesel in the spirit. So, end up doing everything but. And I'll never forget the, I mean, the soul arrest the Holy Ghost put me under. He was saying, do you see, you've been on the campus preaching, talking about Jesus. Now, she has something against you. Now, people know you coming from the room because you know this is a black college campus and everybody knows everybody like a small town. Ain't nobody talking back. (laughs) Guess what I had to do? I had to go back to every young lady that I seduced and repent to them. And, and God, by his grace, rebuilt witness. What in your life, though, What's, what in your life is a constant place of compromise for you? You love the Lord ferociously And you're committed to the Lord in a beautiful way, in many ways, but you have this one thing that is kind of like, it's your, it's kind of like your area that you're like, God, I love you, but this is going to be my little spot right here. Stop playing with the pastor today, church. Many of y'all got spots in your life that's like that go-to place for you to find comfort. It's your spiritual bonbons. And the Bible says that Jesus challenges them and talks about this reality and he says, y'all are wilding out as the church. But what I like about Jesus Christ is he never, ever, ever challenges us without hope, never. He never challenges us without hope. So lastly, and I'm out your way, Jesus always gives us the ability to press reset. um if you've ever been in a place where you have been bound by something and you don't know how you can get out of it jesus has a way for you to get out of it jesus says in these ver- in this verse 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 16 so repent that's it yes yes he ain't get no deep You know, throw salt up in the air and do two jogs. Say five Hail Marys and do three stations of the cross. He didn't say none of that. He said repent. Now repent is deep. Because repentance, a lot of us don't understand repentance. Repentance has a multiplicity of layers with it for you to get unbound from what you're bound or struggling with. To repent, you have to, on a mind level and a heart level, agree with your place that you like being wrong. In other words, it's hard when you like doing it. But repentance means I have to begin to journey towards feeling about my stronghold or my stumbling block the same way God does. That's a tough, tough journey when you're holding on to it. That means that sometimes repentance is not an event, it's a process. <clears throat> that, that, that means you have to begin to fight. You have, that's, you're a conqueror. So you were, nothing should be conquering you. So whenever you're allowing yourself to be conquered, you're living below your calling. Because Satan's job is to make you Feel less than your calling. You know, many of us have this spooky understanding of spiritual warfare. The devil is not after your dreams, he's not after your destiny, he's after, when the devil fights you the worst when he knows you'll make disciples. Because if you make disciples, you're making Jesus Christ look alike. but when you're not, you're making Satan look alike. So what happens is, is when you begin to repent, you begin to turn and all of the clocks start running in your soul, but guess what has to happen, family? Your taste buds have to change. Let me see if I can make it plain. Anybody know me knows I hate beets. (laughs) Hate them. Hate, hate, hate them. I don't even understand why they exist, right? (laughs) It's just one of those things. But I was dealing with some little health issues, so I was looking up different things I could do. And so I found this stuff called beetroot powder, right? So I was like, okay. You know, and I looked at the benefit. I said, I didn't know if it was beets. I just thought it was a powder. So I look at it and it shows all of these beautiful benefits. I say, oh, it do that? Oh, it flushes system? Make you more aware? When you're in your 40s, mid 40s, it make you more aware, you blah, blah, you know? So I got, I got me some beetroot powder, I got me some matcha green tea because it's better for you and everything. You know, I got me some turmeric, some milk thistle, and, 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 and I'm, you know, I got me my little, my little gardener Eden chemistry set. You know what I'm saying? But, I'ma tell you right now, when I started drinking the beetroot powder, I didn't want no more. But something happened in me though. I started thinking of the benefits, not the taste. And the more I thought about the benefits, the more excited I got about drinking it because I know it far outweighed my feelings about it because I wasn't used to its flavor because my Palate wasn't used to healthy things. I'm the type of person, you cook my vegetables, I want them flimsy and all of the no crispy, just everything, all of the nutrients cooked out of it. But I learned that when you eat stuff in its raw state, you get the best minerals, the best help for your life when you eat it in a way that you're not used to. That's what it's like being a Christian is when your taste buds change and you begin walking with the Lord, God will have you eating things that you wouldn't normally eat. What does the text say? Jesus says, I got manna from heaven. What is that satisfaction? When he tells you I got manna for you, that's John six stuff. Satisfaction, in other words, in order to overcome your, strong, your, your, your stumbling blocks, you, you, you have to be satisfied with him. Yeah. But to be satisfied with him, you have to start liking kingdom flavor. Yeah. But the only way to enjoy kingdom flavor is to detox so that you can now learn how to taste good food. Some of y'all eating McDonald's spiritually, not T-bones and ribeye ministries. See, the manner that comes down from heaven is beautiful for our lives, because what it does is it begins to help us to be more satisfied with the Christ. And the more you become satisfied with him, the more you'll begin to easily reject junk. And then lastly, he says to them, and I'm done. He says, I'll give you the manna, but then I'll also give you a name. He said, wow, I'll give you a stone. And on the stone is a new name is inscribed that no one knows except the one who receives it. What does that point to? A new identity. He's not telling them that they haven't conquered, he's letting them know because you conquered, you're gonna receive this. So live like a conquering person, don't live like a weak warrior. Many of us in our life, our issue isn't that we're not connected to Christ, our issue is we have things in us that's not maximizing its benefit in this connection. I'm gonna say this and I'm done. When I was, um, I had some cable problems in my cable network, and I called the cable network, and uh, because it had an error message. The error message told me to call, it gave them a the number, the message, and I had done all that I could do to, to get things working, to watch, so the picture would show up that I wanted to show up, but the picture wouldn't show up. <sighs> Called the company, and they said, listen, our problem, we sent signals to you. There's nothing wrong with the connection. There's something wrong internally with the box. So what I want you to do is I want you to reset the box And once you reset the box, the thing that's causing the errors inside the box will go away and it'll reconnect itself to what you're already connected to. And the picture that you want to see, the picture that's supposed to be seen will show itself up on the TV screen. Our lives are just like that connection. It's not that your connection in Christ as a believer is wrong, because you abide in him automatically because of your belief in Jesus Christ. However, there's something internally that's in you that you need him to excavate through repentance that will help you to receive the benefit of being connected to him already so that the picture of you being conformed to the image of Christ would show itself up and you will finally show the world the beauty and glory and majesty and peace and blessing of walking with God and knowing God and living for him. That's the challenge today how to overcome your stumbling blocks. Father, we thank you and honor you for the ability to overcome. I'm probably praying for believers, but I do want to talk to those who might not know Jesus. If you're here today, you don't know Christ as your savior. And you are, you recognize that you've never placed your confidence in what Christ has done, taking you from spiritual disconnection to spiritual connection. If you're here today and you've never placed your confidence in Jesus, we would love to share the renewing news of Jesus Christ with you so that God can crush the beef that He's got between you and Him. Is anyone here today that says, I want to place my confidence in Jesus today for salvation, which means you're saved, you come into a relationship with Him? Hold your hand in the air. We'd love to talk to you about Jesus. Best decision you can make is to go from spiritual disconnection to spiritual connection. Mm. Anyone here today that says, I want, I want Jesus in my life, I want the savior in my life. Hold that hand up real high so we can see it. I see that hand, I see that hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Says, I, I, wanna, I wanna place my faith in the one who changes people from spiritual disconnection to spiritual connection. Anyone else? Right there where she is, we'd love to pray for you. Right where you are, and then Constantine, want to talk to you real quick. Father, thank you for this one that is making a profession of faith in you, and saying that she wants Jesus in her life. Lord, touch her, minister to her. In Jesus' name, we pray. If you're a believer here today, and you have, you are stuck in a struggle of a, of a stumbling block. I love to pray for you today. I'm not gonna pump a prime. You just come on up. You know how we do. You know how we do. If you if you're today and you're saying, yeah, that spoke to me. And I know that that's an issue for me. I see y'all coming in the balcony. I saw all y'all to my left pop up. Thank you for coming. You got a stumbling block. You got some hindrances in your life that are handcuffing your holiness. That are that is hindering your health. Come on in tight as you can. Come on, come on, family. We family here. This family. This family. Even make a line behind here. Right behind here. Right behind this brother in Christ. This dear brother. If you hit it in, you're saying. Uh, Yeah, I know I know my life got some compromise and I and it's a struggle. It's a struggle in these streets And I and I want to I want to I want to walk worthy. I want to live as a believer I don't want to get frustrated with God and then make dumb decisions I'm not dumb. You're not dumb. Just sometimes we all do make decisions that are substandard So we want we want the stumbling blocks to be broken in our life and just know as I pray this is not a Like a one-time thing. This is a life fight. (laughs) Stumbling blocks are going to continue to make its way into your sphere. This is not a once in a lifetime thing, a one time fix with somebody knock you on the floor or something. You get up and everything's different forever. That's not how it works. Sanctification is a process and an event. Anybody else that says yes, I'm wrestling with that. Maybe you're here today and you're ashamed of the gospel. Now you say that's, that sounds really tough to say, Pastor. Well, if God has given you very clear opportunity to share your faith and you've been a secret agent Christian in your sphere, I want to pray for your boldness today. Come on forward, if that's you. If that's you and you're saying, man, I, I got to get my boldness back. I want my boldness back. The Bible talks about that in uh, Ephesians 6:18, where Paul asked to be prayed for, for boldness, that he would share the gospel as he ought. Thank you all for coming. I see you all coming. We'll wait for you. I see you, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I see you coming. We'll wait for you. We got time. Anyone else? Anyone else? Thanks for y'all standing in the balcony who are standing for prayer. Thank you. Thank you, I see you coming, sis. Thank you. I wanna pray for someone. Someone in here is in a relationship that is abusive. And I don't want you to stand up or come forward. I wanna pray for you that you have the courage to come public with it and get help. Right where you are. Father, I pray for them today, your people, who have come forward. And God, there's a lot of opportunities in this world, compromise is everywhere. Like, it's, like, as, as, as much as even our old heads would say they had a, a time with things, I think the way the world is available to people now is just on steroids. And God, I'm praying in Jesus' mighty name, God, for my sisters and brothers who have come forward, that you would touch them in these areas of stumbling blocks, because you want us to thrive. You want us not to just survive. You want us to thrive. And some of them, under the sound of my voice, avoid community, they avoid local gatherings, and they avoid opportunities for ongoing sanctification because of whether it's mistrust or fear. God, I pray that you would break that over their life unleash and release such a ferocious commitment to you on their life, a ferocious heart for you in their life, and such a beautiful clarity that Jesus is better. (laughs) Jesus is better. Help that to sink in. Jesus is better. Help them to focus on the manner and satisfaction that you bring. Lord, switch up their taste buds that they would get nutrition from the right spots. And I pray that you would flush their spiritual system of every toxic spiritual entity that would attempt to to, to destroy their spiritual digestion to experience you in the fullness of truth. And God, I'm praying that you would help them to run for you. Help them to run towards you. Help them to know that you draw near, they draw near to you, you draw near to them. And Lord God, I pray for the person that's lacking gospel boldness for whatever reason. To be able to say, I want, I want to be an honest communicator of the gospel. I want to be a righteous witness, not a wimp or a jerk, but I do want to be a righteous witness. Open up doors, give them wisdom, and help them to share the gospel and make it clear as they ought to. And so God, as you minister to your people and send them on their way, I pray that you would help the renewing power of Christ through the Spirit to help them to re- be renewed based on Ephesians 4:23. May they be renewed in the spirit of their minds. And God, ultimately, I pray for repentance. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody agree with that said? Amen. 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 Let's get our hearts. Thank you for tuning in to today's message. I hope that it was a blessing to you and it was aiding in your life to help you to show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. If this message has been a blessing to you, we want you to consider partnering with us in ministry so that we can maximize what God has called us to do locally, nationally, and internationally. You can go to epiphanyfellowship.org, go under give and consider donating. Thank you. Take care. See you next week.